In the words of Queen of the South's Isaiah Jones at full time on Friday, if you win some, you lose some. Although normally you don't say that after the draw. Isaiah, you're also a diamond bastard. <laughs> My name is Jarvie and I'm joined this week by Simon, Hammy and Paddy. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Band. Now, first of all boys, I think you'll join me in wishing Jolly a massive congratulations after he became a grandfather for the first time in this past week. <laughs> uh, congratulations Jolly Congratulations to that man uh, A healthy baby girl was born In Gorgie um, so Which means Jolly is unfortunately Not joining us this week And uh, just by complete coincidence Cameron is also unavailable <laughs> Not sure But not to worry Hammy is picking up by ourselves We've still got that one coming for you um, congratulations to you, Jolly. Um, now, to get through all your usual news and transfer stuff, I think it's worth talking about Stuart Finlay, first of all. And the very surprising news this week, Paddy, that he seems to be um, choosing Philadelphia Union. Who the fuck are you? Over the Mighty Jamtarts. What's that about? Uh, he's sailing to Philadelphia. Clearly <laughs> offered a massive amount of wages. Right. If he's doing that, because he what is he's only like twenty four or twenty five, eh? Yeah, thereabouts anyway. So there's no danger he's doing it because he wants to go to America. It's because he's getting offered massive wages. Yeah, do you do you blame him or do you think it's pretty unambitious of him? I mean, he could have came to Hearts and pushed for Scotland call ups still, surely. I mean, Johnny Russell got Scotland calls call ups in America, so he's still got that opportunity. I don't blame him at all. Like, he, he he's probably not going to get a bigger offer than what he got from Philadelphia in his whole career. So I think he's right to do it. Must be pretty cool living in Philadelphia as well, going to Paddy's pub and all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the big bell? No, no idea. Liberty Bell? Is it the Liberty Bell? Uh, I think so. Well, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was Stuart Finlay. It's not over the line yet. You never know. Mrs. Budge might get the checkbook out. We'll see. Um, they'd be a, a big player to miss out on. But like you say, Paddy, he's probably getting offered like three times more than what we possibly could, you know, even at paying highest down our bracket. So probably missing out on that one, unfortunately. Which is mental because we usually offer over the odds anyway. So <laughs> must be getting a lot of money. <laughs> Who's the Philadelphia manager? It's not a Mr. Uh, Craig Levine. <laughs> I wonder. Maybe he's got a specky cousin over in America. <laughs> no offence. I'm the only person on this podcast without glasses. <laughs> um, just on Stuart Finlay, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever read on Jambles Kickback. Last Saturday... Someone thought they saw Stuart Finlay walking his dog <laughs> at the foyer. Did you see this? So Aye. There was a whole thread about this, right? So someone thought they saw Stuart Finlay kicking about the audio grounds with a dog. Um, and it called for someone to investigate. So someone went back to an Instagram post from 2017 and discovered that Stuart Finlay owned a Shih Tzu at that time. 
However, the man on Jambo's kickback said Stuart Finlay or Stuart Finlay lookalike had a golden retriever. So, is the dog dead? Is it a new dog? Was I mean, it's, it's, it's the least of our worries. One, Stuart Finlay wasn't he at the Orium. And two, <laughs> hey, wouldn't he be walking his dog there? You don't take your dog to work. <laughs> the speculation was that he was in for his medical and then people were like, why, why would he be taking his dog to a medical? Like, I can't live, like, we're all in lockdown, but folk need to get a life. <laughs> People are just going turn in at lunatics, yeah. Maybe he's juicing and he used his dog's piss. <laughs> oh, a piss sample, a piss sample, aye, no bother, aye. Come on. Say yeah, boy. you're 99% wolf. <laughs> well, that was that one. What a thread that was. And we're still to get to jump out of context, Jambo's get back as well. Please. Um, Paddy, Alan Campbell um, has apparently, we'll see, been offered a pre-contract from Hearts. Celtic are also interested and several clubs down south. Do you think, especially after Friday, we are an attractive enough option for the future Scotland captain to come to Hearts? <laughs> uh, not if he's getting offered from, from Celtic, let alone teams down south. He like, seems like the absolute perfect Scott Brown replace, replacement, doesn't he? Uh, Aye, could be. Sorrow's not been bad for them. Let's not talk about Celtic. Let's not go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd love to have him at heart. So I was wondering, Paddy, there's a lot of speculation. Andy Irvin's only been getting offered three-figure-a-week deals from Hearts just now. Do you think that's because we're genuinely holding out to see if we can secure Campbell, perhaps? Uh, no. I, I just think we're trying to um, put him on a cheap contract because they think they can get away with it because he's come through our youth system, which is mental. But I don't think it's because they're holding out for Campbell. No, fair enough. No. Um, speaking of Andy Irvin's contract situation, quite worrying now. It's the 15th of February, this has been ongoing since December. Are you getting a, a bit worried now as we approach the end of the season? He could, he could go. I highly doubt that fucking um, Irvin's holding out for far too much money. He, he seems like quite a sensible kid. I doubt he's asking Hearts for more than he's worth or, or asking for a, a ridiculous <clears throat> wage increase or whatever, but I think it just shows a bit of short-sightedness that this hasn't been resolved a lot sooner. We've waited till he's in form and he's got all the chips to then start trying to do a negotiation with him, which it just doesn't. It's just typical Hearts, isn't it? just doesn't make sense. Doesn't. I think, um, was it a couple of weeks ago now, we spoke about, well, imagine if we got Andy Irvin for you know a, f- a five-year contract and you gave him Stephen Naismith money to secure his services for five years, there's some proper future planning. And then you hear that he's only getting offered well, less than a grand a week. I know, it's insane. Um, I think almost any other club, if they had a player like... Andy Irvin would be offering him more than a grand a week in our position or in the Premier League. I don't know what we're doing, if that is all true. We say that now where some fans have actually called for Irvin to just get terminated at the end of the season. <laughs> get, get terminated. We'll, we'll come on to that. People need to remember back up just a couple of weeks. He's some player. You just got to <laughs> stick by it for now. See if I see if I was Andy Irvin as well though, and it's more especially if I was his agent, I'd be sounding out other clubs at this point, just because 
you know, it's like they're taking a the piss and, you know, he, this is his living. So if he's not got a contract offer that he deems acceptable for Hearts by what, in a couple of months, he's going to be without a job. So I would not be surprised if he's, even his agent, just putting a wee couple of emails out there just to see what other clubs have got to offer. Also, that's fire for him if he can go and go, oh, look, so-and-so's going to offer me double what you're offering me. Why would this thing? Bingo. Yeah, exactly. Well, you couldn't blame them at all. No, time. no. Absolutely. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll speak about Andy Irvin a wee bit more. <laughs> it's all on, on the pitch. <laughs> um, last week, Cameron was wondering what the situation actually was with Ginelli, if he was back down south at Preston, if, like, if that was it, or if he's still actually part of Hearts. Uh, Robbie Nielsen's confirmed in the last week that he, um, he had the best surgeon operate on him, in his words, and he's recovering really, 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 really well, says he, <laughs> which means it's going quite well. Um, another week on, what do you think? Do you think, um, do you think we should still be trying to get him in at the end of the season? Or if, if he's still, if he's still at the club, then they clearly are looking at doing something with him. Because oh, surely Nielsen's confirmed that they are planning on offering a contract. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we'll no doubt offer him a massive contract, but we're only on the offering Andy Irving less than a grand a week. Perfect that makes sense. Thanks. Hearts. <laughs> Hearts. Craig Levine is one hundred percent still pulling strings by now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, a player that's played forty-five minutes, you say? Yes, eight grand a week. <laughs> Uh, sorry, we'll see what happens happens with Gino. Um, here's an interesting one for you, Paddy. It's been confirmed that Hearts are after 18-year-old Northern Irish youth international Tri Hume, uh, who's leaving Pat Fenland's Linfield in the summer. Uh, he's wanted by Hearts and Stoke. Now, does he put yourself in Tri's shoes? Does he come in an understudy, the current international Michael Smith, um, and hope to replace him, you know, in, in 18 months' time, or join Northern Irish hero and heavily influential figure Michael O'Neill at Stoke. What do you do if you were Hume? Uh, probably go to Stoke because they will pay me more. But as a Hearts <laughs> fan, he definitely should come here. I think for a, like game time wise, he's probably better coming here. But especially if Jamie Brandon's done at the end of the year. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully Michael Smith. If they ever have like joint training sessions with the under eighteen squad, I mean, not right now, but in the past, has had a few words with him and said, "Listen, it's fucking shite, but the city's all right." <laughs> <laughs> what do I say to try? Like, I don't know what it is, but just everyone's injured apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens there. Um, in, the, in the final bits and bobs with news, Paddy, um, Leagues 1 and 2 are suspended now until March 1st, and that's for the return of training. You're probably looking at mid-March before they can play now. Some teams have played as well. Teams have played as many as 11 games, some as low as 8, only March and April to see out the seasons. What can you see happening next? Well, it's just another fantastic effort from the SFA to make themselves <laughs> look even worse than they already were looking beforehand. <laughs> like, how the fuck can you do it? Like, 
fuck this up so badly. It's going to get delayed even longer now that Rangers are going to get done. No point about it, right? <laughs> exactly. June, summer tournament for Leagues 1 and 2. <laughs> It's, the thing is, it's, as well as that, it's like the knock-on effect with the playoff schedules, the Scottish Cup, everything. And like, thinking back to their statement, they, they seem to push the blame entirely onto the Scottish government, which apparently the Scottish government have said they can't compete, they can't play, even though it was the SFA's decision to cancel the leagues, or postpone yeah. the leagues, sorry. So there's something weird going on anyway, and yeah, you're talking mid-March, how many, what's that, like 15 games or something? So if, Well, what if one's played eight, that's 19 games? That's like, I'm already looking at the championship table with Inverness, having only played 11 games and going, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Um. So, like I say, it's Scottish Cup as well. Uh, you're literally going to have teams, if they do make them play all those games, playing every two or three days. I mean, I hope Partick get all right because they're pretty sound, but fuck the lot of them, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Promote Partick. Yeah. Partick will be the worst affected. There's a very good chance that Leagues 1 and 2 will be will be suspended or halted, however you want to word it this year. A very good chance. Um, but like you say, or they'll be playing every two days. Oh, I, hope to... they, I hope they suspend it. We, sh- we should back Partick. That's all again for another... Uh... Another court date. That was, that was entertaining. <laughs> ah, then we got a good four episodes out of that. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> Thirty episodes later. Okay. <laughs> um, Hammy, what do you think about the Scottish Cup? Can you see that getting cancelled pretty quickly, or do you reckon we're going to pile through a cup as well through March and April? Um. Well, Celtic kind of get the treble this year, can they? So they'll probably just scrap it. Um, right. What what round are we in? Third round is it? Or the fourth round or something? It's still. I don't even think the Premiership teams are in it yet. So oh, we're so far behind already. You never know. They could play it again until December, like they done with last year's one. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just. I think it gets to the point where they go right. Let's just get the leagues finished this year. Let's just start afresh, type thing, because you, you end up everything just gets pushed back constantly, constantly, constantly. So it just seems like an added fuss when they're not that far through it, and they're not going to care if none of the Premiership teams have played. They just won't bother. But and neither the know. old farmer in the League Cup final, so they'll probably just cancel that and all <laughs> to make yeah. up room. We need room. <laughs> And it's uh, Brora Rangers in the next round. Eh? It wasn't Camelot. Brora. Yeah, um, Brora. No Camelot, no party. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> so, see what happens. There's some managers already calling for it to be suspended. I know the Peter Head manager has been saying that and a, and a few others. So You can't blame them. Like I want I want them to play it, but you couldn't play it, blame Hearts for wanting them to cancel it. We have to travel up to fucking Brora. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Scott will reduce service as well. It's a long day. What they do, you just send your best six players. We play Hamden either half, like vertically, so sideline to sideline, and we just have a, we make a day at. I thought Sounds you were going good. to say the fight. They just send six of your best. <laughs> See you at Harrison Park. 
Uh, but yeah, we will see what happens soon. Um, Paddy, final bit of news and very sad news. Kyle Lafferty joined Kilmarnock. <laughs> I was flying my Union Jack at half-mast outside the day. <laughs> oh, um, how, do you, how do you think Lafferty will get on at Kelly? Can you see him chipping in by a few important goals this season? I can, but I also think that Kelly are now taunting you, Jarvie. There's another player that fell upwards. Colin Doyle. How the fuck did he get a Premier League team? Aye. Oh, God knows. Um, but yeah, it won't be long before Cleavid's telling Kyle Lafferty how good Hearts is and trying to get him to move in the summer. So we'll see what happens. It's not over till it's over. Until the, until the big man sings. He's not going to have to soon. They're doing another fucking tribute act for Hearts as well. <laughs> I think uh, Stephen Naismith's probably got a move to Kelly and him before he retires as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no danger they're taking his wages on. They're not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Tommy Wright's uh, tight as fuck as well. No chance. Hi. Okay, well, thank you, Paddy. That's all our latest news. And uh, thankfully, I'm quite glad, actually, there's no more transfers to talk about, really. <laughs> Need a break from it. January was so intense. <laughs> Ego cost does not sound for anybody yet. Just... <laughs> and the uh, summer speculation <laughs> begins <laughs> mid February. But we'll keep an eye on Diego Costa as that develops. Um, but I, I think it's uh, unfortunately it's time to speak about that game on Friday night. Oh, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Simon, we we'll go over to you for um, well, how did we we set up? Um, and what did you think of the team news when it came out with the big man missing? Yeah, um, there was no news on that um, Nanduli before the game, but I'm guessing he got injured. Did he travel with them? He got injured on the Thursday. Right, okay. So I, I must have missed that if, if they said anything. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed um, because the more minutes him and Boyce can get together before next season, the better. Um, but yeah, we had Gordon and goals as always, Smith and Kingsley as our fullbacks, and Halkett and Popescu as our centre backs. Now I hope that is our consistent back four to the end of the season at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope Bera's not like being played into fitness or whatever, because fuck that. We stand with you on that. Yeah, and then we had um, the absolute dire pairing of Halliday and Irvin at holding mid, mm-hmm. and then we had a. Front four behind, well, Liam Boyce up top and behind him was the new boy Castanier with his first start, Jamie Walker and Gary Mackay steven I'd combine all their performances, put all their stats together, shots, crosses, chance created, and I'd give them collectively a four out of ten, not including Boyce, obviously, the front, the back three. Um, didn't understand why McInef didn't play. I really feel like... We've seen Halliday and Irvin play enough times together to realise that they just don't really work. Um, it was so boring. I, I, I think for, I watched uh, the, the game, mostly the game again, and for the first half, 
talking points positive is we had a shot on goal that was very easily saved and the keeper put it out for a corner. And that was really it. Yep. The cast in here for like the first five minutes was getting him behind and he just fell off a cliff until he went off. I don't know. I just don't see what Robbie Nielsen's plan is. There's absolutely no creativity. But you know what? It's not for having creative players in the squad. Jamie Walker, Gary McKay, Stephen, don't know about this cast in here, but Andy Irvin, they're all players who can create opportunities. But as soon as we get the ball, we pass it about the back four, we'll pass it about the centre mids, we'll play it out wide, we'll pass it back in wide, sort of horseshoe, and then we'll just boot a long ball up to Liam Boyce, who's doing absolutely nothing by himself. He'll hold it up for as long as he can before he gets fouled or they boot it back down the park us. And when they're playing like Queen of the South did for most of the game with two banks of four, we're not going to be able to do anything playing one up front. Bingo. So that's my astute analysis. I'm just getting sick of it. There's only so much you can say about these Robbie Nielsen's teams. Like, it's so boring, man. There's just nothing happening. Especially away from home. Yeah. Um, Just to to chop up and dissect this a bit more, it's so bizarre as well because 10 minutes in, you would have thought it was the best we'd started in a away game this season. Like you said, casting you're getting in behind. There was we were we were nice and high up the park. We were pressing. We were creating stuff, and it just fell off the cliff after ten minutes. Yeah, there was also moments in that game where we were one 0 down, and Queen of the South were pressing a lot better than us. Popescu and Halkett were still still so deep, so so deep. One 0 down away from home against the team in the bottom half of the championship. It's just embarrassing. These these teams don't feed us. They have absolutely no issue playing with us, playing against us right now. No, and that was a, a, queen, a queen of the South team that were missing several players as well. Yeah. Emergency loan in, the, a reserve manager at 36 playing right back. Yep. And we were played off the puck. Aye. Um, it, it was. They just, they might not have been as adventurous as us going forward, although it wouldn't have been hard. But you knew what they were doing straight away. You knew what their plan was. You knew what they'd been training all week. You knew that what they'd been thinking about, the drills they'd been doing. You could see it on the park and you could see it working. See when I think, what the Hearts, what have Hearts been trying to achieve this week in training for this game? I don't have a fucking clue. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they go into the games with thinking they're going to do. I think they think, we'll get it wide. We'll swing a ball into Liam Boyce's in the box by himself and we'll hope he does something. Mm-hmm. I think we train a lot on passing sideways, clearly. Yeah. Oh, my God. So frustrating. <laughs> um, I understand when you see these top-end managers and, like, Pep Guardiola and Klopp who say, like, oh, possession's all, it's all about possession and keeping the ball and blah, 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 blah. Not at our level. There's absolutely no fucking point. You might as well just... There's no point in having the ball. We had 66% possession and we had, what, 10 shots on target, 10 shots on goal? No, seven shots on goal. Seven shots on goal, two on target for the game. And does that include the penalty? Uh, yeah, it should do, I'm sure. Embarrassing. And that, and the other shot on target was that one in the first half, which was saved. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Um, like you say, Simon, the first half was very uneventful. However, it did give us a big penalty dive. Bastard. <laughs> On the 43rd minute, um, let's have all your views on it, boys. Uh, with Isaiah Jones through, um, what does he do with his legs? Tell me what's happened here. Javi, I'd rather not comment about this at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> I've had far too many incidents in the last two or three weeks that have pissed me off to really 
comment on this. I mean, we could call it cheating because it is cheating. Ultimately, he's Stephen Kingsley's running towards the goal. He's not even made an attempt to move his leg towards that Jones or even think about putting in a challenge. The ball is about a metre to the right of Isaiah Jones. And he just takes his left leg, kicks Kingsley in the leg, falls over, and the ref gives it as a penalty. I understand why that Jones has done it. Mm-hmm. Because he's playing for the underdogs. They've they've gotten to the box. He doesn't look like he's going to score from that position. He thinks, well, what's the worst? I'll get a booking or a telling off. And the best case scenario is they got a goal for it. So I understand why I've done it, and but it's just really the standard of referee, and it's just not good enough. How can you think that's a penalty? It doesn't even happen that fast. You can see it in normal time that he just kicks Kingsley in the leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Slowing down the position himself yeah. to go for the ball at that point. So I say that I said it in this time. The the group chat it didn't look like a foul to me at all. Um, you know, at worst it's a clumsy coming together but then you see the fact that Kingsley's goal side he's running for pace with Jones he's he's not doing he's not done anything he's not moved his legs there's nothing there's no movement there from him so how you can see that as a a penalty just blows my mind um, and just he makes sure he gets into the box as well before he kicks his legs out so it's right on the edge of the area he's gone past that white line put his left leg out and yeah, conned the linesman as well and the referee his aim, his aim isn't to. He, he doesn't care where the ball is at that point. As long as him and Kingsley are in the box, he's going to initiate contact. Yeah, I think the the frustrating thing is, I mean, it's clearly not a penalty, and I'm not saying it is. But from the referee's perspective, he's looking at that, and there is contact there, not because he's chucked his leg out. But at what point are FIFA or the these associations going to step in here and do something about the difference between? contact and a foul because yeah. just now you see it all the time even after bar reviews that if there's any contact a pinky touching you in the ribs you know a wee clip on the heel it's justifiable it's a penalty because there has been touched yeah not even contact it's been touched Jarvie we're currently in a situation where you're better hacking the player and making an attempt on the ball than stop running and if you get hit, it's then a red card. Because if you go make an attempt on the ball, it's only a yellow card. Like, the rules are fucked. Right. It needs, and it's going to have to change. I mean, there, there's no way this can continue. It's ridiculous. And that's there, where VAR's actually made this worse. Yeah, there needs to be react, re- retrospective um, yellow cards handed out for diving. Because it'll stop it straight away. Or just give them a match ban. Don't, don't add it as a red card. Don't add it as a yellow card. Just go... That's a match ban for diving. If it's clear and obviously a dive, this one obviously might not fall under that, but it's clearly a dive mm-hmm. because there's contact. So they'll, they'll justify it by saying, oh, see, there's contact. But if there's clear yeah. dives, just just go, right, it's a ban. You don't play the next game. And it'll stop. It'll quickly stop. Yeah. yeah. Like attacking players are now looking to touch the defender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing now. And it's so, it's shit. I'm sure they're even practicing it. Probably not to. Yeah, I wish we could get in the box so we could try this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't have possession in the box. Uh. <laughs> um, speaking of possession, that that really was it for the first half. That penalty and a good first ten minutes. Um, at half time, seventy-one percent possession, four shots, one on goal. 
And well, absolutely nothing done with that 71%. Yeah. There's no yeah, point ex- having the ball if we're not going to convert it into shots. Exactly. But Nielsen had gone in and looked at the stats and gone, well, we've had 71% of the possession. We must be doing well. Yep. Because he's clearly training them, training Hearts to keep hold of the ball. Is he though, or, or, or are the players for Hearts just better footballers and other teams just let them have the ball and they go, we know they're not dangerous when they're kicking the ball about their halfway line, doing absolutely nothing with it, so why bother? Yeah, why, yeah, that's a good point. You know, why run about chasing a ball that they know yeah, they're not going to do anything about? Yes, yeah, we'll just you stay here. You saw it in the Queen's game as well, that they were, they were very, very effective on the break with that Jones. He's uh, he had a great game, other than diving bastard. But he, they just once we were once we got adventurous enough to actually put our players over the halfway line, they would just break quickly and it, it worked really well. So I don't know if there's a bit of you know Nielsen's. I don't know why, but he's shitting himself a wee bit. Like he doesn't want to commit too many players forward because he knows teams are just going to try and catch us on the break. But then it's just a vicious circle. You know, we, we, we sit too deep because we're worried and then but we don't get any chances at all to score and mm-hmm. it's just crap. Really crap. Listen, on that note, we'll speak about Nielsen specifically and, and his tactics in just a moment. But maybe on this note of lack of creativity, let's pick out some individuals. And one of them is Andy Irvin, who's um, been getting dog spews. He's meant to be our main man through the middle for creating these chances. Um, like we touched on at the start of the, the episode, um, some people were that unimpressed with Irvin. They're saying they should just let his contract run out in the summer. Um, all kinds of stuff. He has had two bad games, but that is far too far. Uh, this fan base is full of psychopaths. <laughs> this is what I was talking about. I don't know if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, where teams will now start, start to understand that Hearts play through Irvin. So they'll now start planning to stop Hearts playing through Irvin, ultimately yeah. to stop Irvin playing. So this is where Irvin needs to understand that teams are going to do this and either change or get better. And I'm sure he will. If, if this is his, I mean, we forget because Andy Irvin, you feel like he's been here for ages. This is probably like his first season where he's like a starter every week. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope he does get better and, uh, and understands how to deal with that and how to deal with players, probably kicking them a lot more and, Mm-hmm. And being a lot tighter to him, um, but then, yeah. you think then that having a great, experienced someone who's played at the highest level, centre mid, all over the country, alongside you would really help. Nope. But he's even fucking worse than Irvin. <laughs> Let's speak about Andy Halliday then. Just how bad was he? He's been absolutely annihilated on the interwebs. He didn't do anything. Yeah, I just don't know what he does. I don't know why he's in there. Maybe I'm just being extremely ignorant and everyone else is being extremely ignorant because Nielsen seems to like him. He picks him every fucking week. But I do not see what he brings. I think he has similar qualities to Andy Irvin in terms of how long he keeps hold of the ball. But it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Hearts are so slow on the ball and Irvin and Halliday both want to take about five, six touches and look around and it's just so slow. And it gives times teams to sit... If they do break, it gives them teams to get back. But like I said, most teams are just sitting there in two backs of four just going, fuck them, let them have the ball. They're 50 yards away from goal. They're not going to do anything. 
I, I personally think the player that Robbie Nielsen wants Halliday to be in that position and they're there, it's just redundant. We don't need it. Um, we've got Irving in there to do that minor job. You play one of them, and that's what I wanted McNeff to play. You want that player to pick up the ball and drive forward. Halliday doesn't do that. I don't think I've ever seen Halliday and Irvin, or either one of them, make consistent runs into the box to support Boyce. Well, I was reading something that was quite true. I can remember at the start of the season, through the Cup and the first, like the Dundee game, whoever we played second, Halliday was making a lot of forward runs at the box at the very start of the season. But it's almost like that's been drilled out of him now. It's like he's being told to keep back. Yeah. Mr. Nielsen. <laughs> what are you doing? What's um, happened to Peter Haring? Like, where I was actually going? going to bring that up earlier. He's been on the bench for what the last five games without even a sniff. Yep, unused in six, I think it is now. Is six it? games unused. Uh, like he's just better, and I know it's a similar type of player, but he's just better. Yep. So yep. There was an article from Peter Haddon this week where he said he's uh, very frustrated not to be getting game time, so he wants on. We we heard some pretty solid. Um, not sure if you call them rumours, we basically heard that Peter Haring was really struggling for fitness, so he's like way off the pace and not as good as he used to be. But he's not going to get to the level he was before unless he's getting minutes, and surely this is the opportunity to be getting them. And if you're going to just go for it and play two centre mids, playing like Irvin and Haring is not a bad shout. If we, if Haring is up to it, still obviously this is, this is based on the fact that Haring comes back and is the player that we know and love, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I, if it was any other manager kind of putting a player on the bench and not playing them, I'd maybe think, oh, well, they must be setting up. But I just don't trust Nielsen's selections right now based on his substitutes, based on how often he changes the team. I don't think he knows what his best team and the best way to play is. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. The only thing with Haring, it would be such a shame. It feels like, from what we've seen from Haring, that un- unbeaten start to that season under Levine, that we were watching a player that could have, could have literally been one of the greats. Like, if he kept that consistent, yeah. he could have been at, like, a Rudy level. Never mind, like, a Brelier level. Aye. He was that good from what we've seen. Um, yeah, he was just great. He was scoring goals from, like, centre defensive mid all the time. Whenever there was a ball in the box, it would be Peter Haring on the end of it. He would be either getting a shot on target or scoring. Mm-hmm. And he had this knack, this first time pass knack of just spraying it out to the wing, like this this wee curly ball out to the wing. Yeah, just was inch perfect every time. So Levine thought, "Fuck that! Sell all the wingers, get you <laughs> to fuck." <laughs> Play Haring on the wing. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, I'd be so so disappointed if we just don't get to see Peter Haring again, even get a chance, and he just disappears to. Austria second division again in the yeah, summer. Yeah, it would be, would be a sad way to, for it to finish. Yeah. So come on, Nielsen. Let's see him get 90 minutes. We're at home to Morton on Saturday. Is that not an opportunity to give the likes of Peter Haring a run out? To try different things. Yeah. Queen of the South was that? They were 11th on the table when we put them. Was it 10 teams in this league? Ten I. 9th in the table, sorry. Second bottom. Yeah. They were three points off bottom. When we played them. Like, and we looked shit. Yeah. yeah. We're basically two teams. We're one team at home and we're another one away. 
Recently, we've been that fucking same team at home, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Right, that's your centre midfielder lot. Um, Gary Mackay-Steven, he's getting slated now. Um, For for obvious reasons, we don't need to go into too much about. Those defending him are saying that he's still getting used to the way we play. Now, he's played, well, that was his, what, fifth game? Like sure, you know, he's 29, 30 years old. He's been playing professional football for over 10 years. Surely he's still not getting used to just playing on the wing in a different country. Yeah. For me, it's how much how much direction is he getting? How much instructions is he getting? What is he getting told to do? Is he getting to told, told to do something he's not comfortable doing? Um, I don't know. Because he's a, he's a left footer, isn't he? Yeah. And he's very used to playing on the right. And he's playing on the left for us. So it is slightly, although they're similar positions, slightly different. You're you're thinking about things a bit more, and and the last thing you want to be doing as a footballer when the game's as fast as it is in Scotland is thinking. It just kind of wants to be happening. So maybe he is struggling, but like you say, he's a professional footballer. He's been doing it for fifteen years, almost. Mm-hmm. He should just really be doing better at this level. Yeah, need to see more follow. Have to be, especially at this level. I mean, he's gonna. It's going to look hopeless next year if he's playing at this level. Yeah, yeah. So will everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you think of Castanier? He's had some some kind of hate. Still far too early to be to be judging him, isn't it? Thought he looked okay in glimpses myself. Aye, another one where you you hope he grows into the role a bit and and gets comfortable. I wonder how how fans not being there might make it a bit more difficult to to adjust and get used to playing. I don't know why it would make a difference, but it, I think people are taking a lot longer to, to settle in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a hearts issue. Yeah, it probably is a hearts issue. It's always a hearts <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, in a game that you can't, it's, we say this every week, but you can't really call out any individual performances for that team. They were all crap. Castanier again looked yeah, nothing was going right, but I think a large part of this at the moment is the way that we play rather than play yeah. I'll wait, I'll cast my verdict after a few more games, but what he's played, not even 90 minutes yet. So yeah. with Gary McKay Steven six games in, he's starting to get on my, my tits a bit though. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> okay, um, we've kind of, we haven't spoke too much about the defence, Michael Smith's been quite pished two games in a row now, which <laughs> means it's probably the worst run of his Hearts career. <laughs> That's the worst I've seen Smith and Kingsley play for Hearts uh, yeah. Queen of the South. I don't know why yeah. Kingsley was just making so many mistakes, just stupid things like they were both like passing the ball and nobody giving the ball away a couple of times. It's just, we're just not used to it, but I feel like Smith's earned an amnesty, hasn't he? Oh, aye. Oh, aye. Absolutely. Um, Craig Halkett and Popescu, the the Bash, Basham brothers, clean sheet record has been broken. Gone. Ruined by Kingsley and that stupid penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Popescu was making a hell of a lot of mistakes, very some very dodgy passing, wasn't he? Seems to be his thing. But yeah. what I like, what I like about Popescu is it doesn't really fucking bother him. No, it doesn't. Like mentally seems to be able to just go, right, next, what am I doing next? And that next thing might be a mistake. But it might not be, whereas some players 
I think Craig Alcott is quite like this. If they make a mistake, they sometimes try too hard to make up for it or it gets in their head and then they keep making mistakes and they think, oh, I'm having one of these games. But... Yeah. Um, I love how we were talking about um, Pesco's defending. He could have had a hat-trick in that game. <laughs> what? what game? He had about two or three headers from corners that he just put miles wide. He does win a lot of the set pieces, yeah. He seems to just, be a bit of a magnet. He, he can't seem to do anything with him. Yeah. Like, that or he'll just completely miss it. There was a ball, I think it was a free kick for Halliday, put it in, back post, and he just he missed it by miles. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so it's, it's annoying. As long as he's not doing that at the back, though. You know, his job's at defend is an added bonus if he's scoring goals. But that's the thing we've not seen much of, though. Halkett scoring this season. Just thinking about that. Oh, he was very close to being mine and Simon's over under 50 years old. He's hardly done a thing. I it guess he's been kept a lot busier than we expected this season. That's Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I didn't necessarily, for both Craig Halkett and Pepesco, I thought they were fine. No, again, not great, but they're not great players. They're not, we know that they're not that good, so you take what you can get. Um <laughs> Pavescu's doing fine. He's not he's not good with the ball at his feet, but he's not costing us goals. Better was literally costing us goals. So yeah. until he slips up, which I am sure he will, it's coming. Um there'll be something. Um it might be a chance for Haring to get back in the team at centre back, you never know. Or, or he'll put better in. Why wouldn't you try Haring at centre back if you don't think he's up to at centre mid? See what he's like at centre back because at least yeah. then we know we've then got a ball playing centre back, someone who can step up into midfield when and make like a sort of back three with Smith and Kingsley coming in, mm. and then we can really push on teams. Whereas Robin Nielsen seems to think no, we'll play five defensive players, a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. It's proper old school Scottish football, eh? Big Huddies at the back and really immobile central midfielders. <laughs> the Aye, thing is exactly. That, our huddies at the back aren't even that big. The, the boys in the championship are absolutely dominating them in there. No. Uh, old school football, massive centre backs, one massive centre forward. Aye. It's not the free flowing football we were promised. <laughs> <laughs> free flowing under Robbie Nielsen. Um, right. Speaking of Nielsen, then, uh, he's been quite clearly heavily criticised for his tactics. Um, being comparable with Craig Levine, especially away from home. And some are calling for Robbie Nielsen out already. Yes, I said it. What's your thoughts on it all? How much, How much? say for example, we get beat by Morton on Saturday. Now, how is will Robbie Nielsen be under pressure if we were to get beat? I'd, if, if we got beat on Saturday, I would say give it to someone till the end of the year and then start looking for a new manager now. It, whether that's someone's Robbie Nielsen to the end of the year because we'll probably get through. But I'm already thinking that I don't want Robbie Nielsen next season in the Premier League if this is how we're going to play. If this is how we're going to see a championship season, I don't want to see it next year when we'll just be in the exact same position, back in a relegation battle, back playing shite football, absolute nay-fucking joy in the game just to be relegated, probably. Whereas I think if we do start losing and dropping points, I think that's a good reason just to go, right, we're going to look for a candidate for the start of next season. 
Mm-hmm. I'm already close to there. I don't think firing him right now would do much good because who would we get in? And that's not a great thing, Robbie, if you're listening. <laughs> the only reason I don't think you should get fired is because I think it's more hassle to bring someone else in. <laughs> I've uh, still yeah. got Daniel's number. <laughs> bring back the gig and press. But what really, what, what really uh, put the, the sort of that decision in my head was after the game, he came out and all he would talk about was the referee and the pitch. Mm-hmm. How tone deaf can you be to how a game went to blame the pitch and the ref? Do you realise Queen of the South are also playing on the same pitch with the same ref? Yep. Doesn't Nielsen also realise that we train on AstroTurf all week? Aye, fucking <laughs> hell, I didn't even think of that. No, he's just full of excuses every week now, and it's yeah. really doing my head in. Yeah, take some you responsibility. Take man up and just say, listen, we set up all the wrong way today. We got caught out. We weren't creating enough. Not once has he criticised either the team or the way he's set up. You know? Yeah, and it's, it's such a fine—it's such a fine balance being in the media because we often want everyone to come out and be like honest, honest, honest. But as soon as someone is honest, they get absolutely obliterated. So it's always difficult to—you know—when you hear these fucking interviews and they're like. For example, say they were interviewing like Liam Boyce or whatever, and they went, so Liam, it was a tough game today, but you managed to get a draw in the end. Liam Boyce would just go, yeah, it was a tough game, but we managed to get a draw in the end. And it is just reciprocating the question. And as mm. soon as someone breaks that like formula, everyone just jumps on them and goes, Raj, and they're, they're being dragged through the paper. But Robbie Nielsen come, needs to come out and take some responsibility for what's happening right now because yeah. everyone knows it. So him just ignoring that fact just makes him seem like a dick. I agree with everything you have said, but the problem is he's 13 points clear of the next team. And I know they've got game in sand, but that's what he's hiding behind at the moment. The fact he is so far ahead of everybody else. You say that, Paddy, but cast your mind back to the predictions episode where we thought how many games we'd lose, how many we'd draw at the start of the season. So we've lost three, we've drawn one in 16 games now which is probably worse or already thereabouts for what we thought we'd drop points in for the whole season. And there's a long way to go. Like and a lot of the... Sorry. A lot of the wins have been very, very underwhelming. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree, but I'm saying that's what you'll hide behind. You say, how can you sack me? I'm 13 points ahead. Yeah. I totally agree with you that they should be thinking about it. But he'll just go, well, I'm 13 points ahead. What else do you want from me? Listen, Roberto Di Matteo got fired after winning the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> Not off ambush, though. Well, Paddy, on the subject of sackings and pressure, I mean, see, we're not going to get beat by more on this Saturday. We're probably going to go there. <laughs> Jarvie, man. Paddy, clip, clip that for the start of next week's episode. <laughs> I go viral on Morton Twitter. Um, I mean, if he was under pressure, from who? Is Ann Budge going to phone Robbie Nielsen and say, well, that's not good enough, Robbie. You've got to turn it around. Jim Jeffries isn't going to do it from his uh, consultant role. It's not probably Joe Savage's responsibility, I don't think. No, that won't be. Not, not going to be that CEO who's clearly on furlough and just playing golf every day. So, <laughs> Nielsen's just completely scot-free here. Well, it is supposed to be that CEO. That's who it should be. That's what he's brought in to do. And and that should be, the, the pressure should be, why are, because even if, even if Anne Budge isn't aware, and as she constantly said, oh, I'm not, I'm not a football woman. I'm, I'm here on the business side. I'm going to get someone in to help me with the football, blah, 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 blah. 
she should see social media. She should see what people are saying on all the forums. They should see the feedback on all the tweets that Hearts post after the game or during the game. And she should go, why are the people who support this club and are the reason this club is alive today feeling like this? But like you say, I don't I don't think anyone will. I think Robbie Nielsen goes on Monday morning. He has a little chat about how badly it went on Monday morning. Then right to the training pitch, we're going to practice passing in a horseshoe. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good point. And you'd hope that Ann Budge would be that, that aware of what's going on. But one, there's no chance Ann Budge is going on Twitter and Facebook and that to look at feedback. And two, <laughs> there's certainly no one sending Ann Budge a wee report off you know, fan base views. So she could just be in this bubble where she's just going, oh, it's not it's not good enough, but you know, we're gonna win the league anyway. She doesn't realise behind the scenes everyone's like, it's just like Levine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there is the biggest problem though. Look how long Levine got. That's yeah. what terrifies me, yeah. Yeah. Let's speak a bit bit more about next season, Simon. You've touched on it already. Given our current squad and our kind of you know transfer targets looking ahead, I mean uh, how well or how, how badly, I probably should say, can you see next season going under Nielsen? I honestly think if we keep the sort of same squad and keep Nielsen, I think for us it's about making sure we don't finish in the bottom two for a playoff spot. I Yeah, I, I don't think we've improved from last season. Not, or, not, or, not at all. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, if we were playing in the top league at the moment, I, we would be fighting relegation again. I that that was my opinion. Honestly, I would rather they just cancelled the whole league, didn't promote us, so we didn't have to get embarrassed. (laughs) Controversial, Paddy. Just we'll just stay in the championship forever. (laughs) Because if we go if we go up with this squad and this manager, we're going to get pumped every week. You know what we could do? Something that Cameron's a big fan of. Just get us to fuck in England League Two. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where he's winning. I never know. Speaking to the FA, trying to get us. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and I quote Cameron from a, a day up in Gorgie. Tincastle would be a fantastic English League One stadium. <laughs> <laughs> what a boy. Um, speaking of our squad and. Nielsen and Savage's uh, transfer and signings. Only two strikers on our books. One got injured. Who, who saw that coming? Um, <laughs> well, Ewan Henderson was on the bench. He doesn't count. Um, just how how much did that affect us on Friday not having another you know good solid attacking player like Craig Whiten <laughs> to come on? Aye. Uh, unbelievably. It was the first time I'd ever thought it, but I was sitting there thinking, what's name going on? Oh. I'd love to bring on Craig Whiten right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I was sitting watching that going, how the fuck does Eddie White not start in this team? Well, I just don't get it. Yeah. He's the only one who looks like he's actually fucking breaking a sweat. He'd probably start Eddie White over GMS at this stage. I would, yeah. I would, yeah. Hmm. I'd look to see what um, that Castaneda's about on the right, but if he wasn't up to it, I'd start... G- I'd give GMS a chance on the right as more co- comfortable position. Start Eddie White on the left. Yeah. Fucking dark times. <laughs> <laughs> and see, when we were getting relegated last season, I didn't want Eddie White in the squad. 
I know I want AD White in the squad. Uh, so to think that we would compete in the Premier League next season, that just shows you it's a consistent barometer where we know AD White was not good enough when we got relegated last year. And now I'm wanting him in the squad to get us promoted. <laughs> I hope he gets a new contract. He deserves sure a laugh, eh? <laughs> Some player like. Um, end on a, ending on a kind of high note, Liam Boyce did come out of the game quite well. He, said, he looked like he really did give it his all for 90 minutes, didn't he? Sorry, yeah. I actually said the, the only player gaining a fuck was Eddie White. Liam Boyce looks like he fucking gives a fuck. Aye. Uh, what Definitely. a fantastic sentence. I feel like you could only say that in Scotland, eh? <laughs> uh, so hats off to you, Liam Boyce. Um, and just finally, actually, there was a, one other man that came out of Friday Night Well, and that was Ryan Stevenson in his massive white coat. I, d- I used to be getting criticised for this. I, I think the jacket was all right. <laughs> I think it was a, a practical a practical choice. <laughs> No comment, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was quite a good pundit as well. Very honest and very yeah. Came yeah. I think it showed that um, he did care about Hearts because he was he was talking about all the sort of stuff that we talk about, and he was he was aware of their situations and uh, yeah. aware of what was going wrong, and and was quite rightly said that it was one of the worst performances he'd seen from Hearts. So mm-hmm. he's not wrong there. You take a player like him back. <laughs> oh, I love Ryan Stevenson, man. That that is a cult hero. Oh, I ah, definitely. He is definitely a cult hero. Um, and congratulations to Ryan Stevenson, who's also a new dad. He can see Jolly at the swing park. Where <laughs> 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 uh, chum each other in Gorgie Farm. <laughs> um, but that was that. Any any final words on the game? It was shit. <laughs> That'll do. I'm glad um, I never paid for it. Aye, aye. One thing, never had to give them a tenner to, to see that. Um, Hammy, have you collated some questions from the old Twitter fear for us? Yeah, so I, I was just going through them there, and I think we've we've done quite well at uh, covering a lot of them. I generally, a lot of lack of urgency. Um, another one about thoughts on next season, which which we've covered, which um, I guess somebody says, uh, will we feel better when teams don't sit with 10 men behind the ball? Um, no. I, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and, There's an I, argument for that. I can see what they're saying. Next, see, when we're not getting targeted every week as the big scalp in the, in the division, but I, I still think we're three or four decent bodies in the team away from being good. And I also think that even if we do go back up, even when we were in our like absolute worst form last season, teams knew the way to beat us was to just let us have the ball and do nothing and then break on us. That game we went to at um, Paisley at St Mirren, oh they, they scored with like one shot on target. So the blueprint's been there to beat Hearts for over a year now and it's still the same blueprint. Yeah, Just let us have the ball because we're, we're not direct enough and we've got absolutely no creativity, so... There's no danger. There's um there's another one that again sort of covers that a bit. So it's the start of the season, recalling the headline about flat hearts scraping past Inverness Cali Thistle and League Cup in the first game. How is it that this flatness just keeps repeating? Maybe lumping the ball up into the opposition and pressing to make defenders into mix into mistakes may work. Mix it up a bit. We're playing too safe. We are. We're playing far too safe. Yeah. And we're playing the exact same. 
that it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's not working. Yeah. That's Nielsen's fault for me. That's manager tactics. Yeah. Straight from the manager. There's another one that uh, suggests playing three at the back. I don't know how you would feel about that. Nah, nah. Like, three at the back is just because a team wants to keep more possession. So I don't really think that is going to benefit us in any way, shape or form. This would have 80% possession. <laughs> I sort of touched on this earlier. I think three at the back could be fine if it was like a back four when we didn't have the ball of, say, Haddon, Halkett or Popescu, Smith and Kingsley, and then let Haddon push up into the midfield when we have the ball and bring Kingsley and Smith narrow. I mean, I know that, that limits them a lot with they're really good going forward, but hmm. like you said, it's not working, so... My thoughts on a back three is that the the, rea- the reality of it is you would still need to play Smith and Kingsley as well, which effectively effectively means you're playing a back five. And I think if we were to start playing five at the back, every window in the main stand would get tanned in. <laughs> Possibly. Don't hold me to that. Someone please smash that so Jarvie gets done. <laughs> If anyone at Ten Castles listening, can you turn the light out in the big hearts bag? <laughs> talks about all the time the running costs for that big light. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Hammy. Um, I'd love to say that we're done speaking about the air game. But I'm now going to say something that strikes me with fear every week. We'll now go over to Hammy for out of context Jumbles kickback. Talk away and don't talk a lot of shame. So we got beat. It was a plethora of uh, views, shall we say. But uh, funnily enough, they were all viewing the game the very much the same way. We start off with Mitch41, who says, Watching our broth at Aloha was better entertainment than watching Hearts. We're playing in the championship and we are playing crap. Ryan Stevenson told the BBC Gadget that Hearts were a shambles and he was spot on. Nielsen is one lucky guy and that the fans are not at the game because they'd be calling for his blood. There must be a manager out there that can get our team playing decent football no matter what league we're in. Technically, I agree with that. Yeah, um, a bit of passion. A bit of... I just reset again, urgency. Um Levine started that mentality off and it was even like that when we were bottom, which made the situation all the harder to tolerate. The jury is still out on a few of the newer guys, but in my opinion, the only honest players we have are Gordon Smith Kingsley and at times Boyce, although he's never the striker some think he is. The rest think they're the tickets and need a slap. Sick of seeing moaning, greeting faces when they're just playing shite. Again... A lot of the players just getting a lot of hate this week. Yeah, Ken, um, sorry, just on that point, I, I agree. I think a lot of the players do think they're good enough. But you know what? I'd go into Robbie Nielsen without trying to put them down. I go, I go. Oh, you think you're bigger than Hearts? I. Well, you're in the championship. So <laughs> you're fucking sorry. <laughs> um, I've had the T-shirt. He says what everyone seems to forget is that we are now 13 points ahead of the others. These 13 points are in the bag. They have still to play to get theirs. I don't see a Rangers or Celtic in the pack behind us that can go on a long unbeaten run. I know it's not pretty to watch at times, but every point on the board is a big step towards promotion. He obviously um, airs on the side of the lighter side of Jambo's kickback and still thinks how everything's okay. Um, <laughs> we all know we're going to win this league, but this team would be scrapping at the bottom of the SPL. If this is our style of play for next year, then we are screwed. 
somebody replied saying, I think you overestimate how good the top flight is, mate. Again, I personally think we would be at the bottom. We're, we've not improved at all. Um, the SPFL, the top league is pretty crap, but it, we finished bottom last year. So, um, Somebody was talking about Ryan Stevenson, like we were. So uh, Ryan Stevenson and James McFadden called it spot on. Worst performance this season, and let's have let's have no shit about the plastic pitch. Queens were a classic example of how to play us, and it worked to a T. And we were bloody lucky to get the draw. The game exemplified all that is flawed about our play. And okay, so we may well win the league, but I, for one, do not want to watch the performances like this one. Ryan said correctly, we were rubbish, and James articulated exactly why. There you go. Then, there was, excuse me. Then there was a thread that was comparing uh, Levine and Robbie Nielsen. Uh, too many slip-ups, Robbie. Utter pish was just another one. Um, didn't seem. To, uh, but they then got on to talking about the plastic pitch that Robbie was blaming. Um, I think Levine probably done the same. So he says the league is full of plastic pitches. If we haven't got a solution for the problem, it's ours. It's bullshit, and I'm offended that he thought so little of us as fans that we would buy this rubbish. Whole shtick is identical to Levine. Another one says, um, "Sorry, Hammy, that is a great point. How long have Queen of the South and these other clubs had a plastic pitch?" There's did Robbie Nielsen, in the top league. Did Robbie Nielsen no fucking know until he got there? We beat Wraith 4-0 on a plastic pitch. pitch. Right. There's, uh, the pitch wasn't it. The pitch, might have, the pitch was, it did look pretty crap, but that's not the problem. Um, now, somebody did say Nielsen was not to blame tonight. Um, and somebody replied, many folk will disagree. I disagree. Um yeah, Another one said, could probably be the worst performance I've ever seen from a Hearts team. Dreadful, Robbie. Get your act together. Shape up or ship out. That might have been jolly. I'm not sure. Unconfirmed reports. <laughs> um, I know and said it feels the same. So comparing Levine and Nielsen, I don't understand what they're trying to do. Still start games slow as fuck. Tactics look non-existent. I'm sick of Robbie already. Um, and just to finish, another one said, loser of an owner, loser of a manager, losers in the squad, Glory days ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, happy days, eh? <laughs> what do you think was worse, that game on Friday there, or the last game of the season? I get away to St. Mirren. Oh, that oh. game is St. Mirren, probably, because I was there. Aye, uh, you were in the emotions. Yeah. I don't. See, see when, uh, especially when I'm talking about Nielsen and Levine and things like that, one of the games always that always gets me back to just reliving how crap it was was the five 0 we got beat off Livy when Neil, oh, uh, Levine really should have got sacked. We managed to hold on. <laughs> 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 so there's been some crap games, but that that one, not even just because we drew with you know a nearly bottom of the table championship team. But it's just the actual game itself. It's so hard to watch and be interested in it at the moment. It's just brutal football and we're not winning. Usually, like we've said on the podcast a lot of times, Hearts fans seem to be happy enough that we're, we're picking up points, we're winning, we're going to get promoted even though we're not playing well. And it's now like we're not playing well and we're not winning. It's a short-term view of it. You're like, yeah, I'm buzzing. We're we're picking up points, and that we're at, we are going to get promoted. We are going to get promoted unless something fucking nuts happens. Yeah. But I think as a Hearts fan, when we are playing in the championship, we should be allowed to be thinking about next season. 
Yeah. Especially yeah. in the position we're in now. Yeah, great. We're 30 points ahead. We're going to get promoted. Right, cool. Well, then, what would you think about this team going into next season? Yeah. I think that's where the issues arise. What's that? We were always going to get promoted. It was how we got promoted and how we built towards next season again. Just like little things. like These are Friday night games on the BBC. We're all in lockdown. We've been doing fuck all. We're not allowed to go. If I was Robbie Nielsen, I'd go. Just fucking go for it, man. We're going to get promoted. Let's just <laughs> absolutely go for it. Let's hope that some wee kids are watching this with their dad and they go, actually, yeah, I'm going to support Hearts. <laughs> just wee things like that. Like, who's going to watch that and go, that's a team for me? <laughs> the poor Tars for like 20 years and I fucking hated it <laughs> I've, uh, I've got a question for you and this is not realistic at all but would you just take David Martindale as the manager next season oh 100 aye, aye. he's like one of the best managers aye. in Scotland but he's the next healthy manager that's the problem aye <laughs> so we'll get Lennon then fine he won't be allowed to go be the selling manager because he won't be able to go on all these trips <laughs> I'm sure he, he must have some sort of travel restrictions. Aye, he'll not be allowed to the states and things like that. No, there'll be other kind. Of, probably Dubai, probably not be allowed. Yeah. It? Like you say, Simon, we must look ahead. And looking ahead to this Saturday, gulp. We have <laughs> at three o'clock. Um, Martin are in sixth place on seventeen points, so twenty points behind Hearts. Um, since our 3-2 defeat at home to Rafe, we'd redeemed ourselves with that 1-0 victory over Dunfermline. Morton have been atrocious away from home, winning one in their last 10 with three draws and six defeats. So we're probably going to get beat. <laughs> this is the perfect game where, where we complain about Robbie Nielsen for a couple of weeks and then we wallop them 6-0 and we come in on Monday like, oh, wow, I was brilliant. And then we forget, we forget about it. <laughs> and we're getting beat off fucking whoever, Aloha or whatever, whatever shite team are in this fucking division. What a team. Why is Andy Halley known the Scotland squad? How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> right. And on that note, looking ahead, Hammy, we're going over to you this week to host uh, some buy or sell. Good luck. Hi. Um, so I will give y'all a recap of what occurred last week. Now, the first question was hearts to start with the same two up top again um, obviously all hopes were dashed uh friday night as our man had picked up a injury so the only person to sell that was mr jarvie absolute fucking no chance that should be void <laughs> <laughs> we uh we all bought um but no an injury has scuppered us and i'm gonna keep it in um, including I, I uh, bought that as well, but uh, such things. I've not actually heard anything about that. I wonder if it's a bad injury or not. It's probably getting surgery as we speak. What <laughs> the um, ancient burial ground again? <laughs> so we had the next question was Boyce to match his record from the last meeting. So he scored two. Again, he only scored one, so the only person to buy... No, sorry, we had two buys in this one. Paddy and Cameron bought that one. Simon, Jarvin, and myself, we sold that. And that's why we are running away for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one was Hearts to have over 63.5% possession. Yes! We, <laughs> we had 66%. So... Simon, 
Paddy, Hammy, and Cameron bought that with Jarvie selling it. Jarvie, you sold off three. You sold off three, but still got two, right? Well, really very optimistic. For <laughs> <laughs> so, Simon, you scored two. Jarvie, you scored two. Paddy got one. Hammy, me, I got two. And Cameron got one. Um, so, excellent. We'll go into this week, and then I'll give you a run in total. So, prediction, buy or sell. Walker to get another goal vis Morton. Now, Jamie Walker scored twice in the last game um, in December, December 5th. So we won 2-0 with Jamie Walker getting both goals. Will he get another goal? Just one. He also scored the, the winner against Dunfermline last time at Tincastle. Interesting. Bye. <laughs> oh, that was quick, Paddy. Bye, hi. Quick draw. I'm going to sell it. going to sell purely a lot of averages that, yeah, favourable odds for a sell. A sell. Um... I'm going to sell as well. I think the way that we're going to play isn't going to suit Jimmy Walker again. Sadly, I think we'll play GMS and Castanier and they'll all be switching around. You, yeah, I never, you never know. I, th- I just think Naismith might start because he came on and then we scored. So, um, Anyway, hearts to match or better their goals from the first tie. So two or more goals will hearts score this week. Bye. <laughs> Bad man. Yeah, I'll buy that as well. Yeah, I think we'll score more than two goals. So just added on, Hearts have only managed one goal in each of the last three games. Is it two or more goals? Did you say? Sorry, two or more. Yeah, yeah I'll buy that. Bye. I think we'll turn it around this week. Bye, Simon. Did you buy that? I did. Yeah. Bye. I'm gonna buy it as well. I like Simon. Like you said, I think we're gonna pump them. I think I said this on the buy or sell last week as well. Um, but I think we'll, <laughs> we're get, one of these teams is going to get hammering and everything's going to be rosy again. Exactly. Um, so the last one is Hearts to have over 63.5% possession. Um, Hearts had 62% possession in the last game against um, Morton. Bye. Right, I'm going to buy that as well, yeah? Yeah, I'll buy that. Bye. Bye. I am also going to buy, I think, 60, what is it, 63.5? You tell us. That's quite a lot, eh? 63.5. So we had 62 and we had 66 in the last game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy well. it. I'll buy that. I've not got Cameron's ones, but I'm sure I'll, I'll speak to him um, on a landline or something. I'll phone him doing the FA. So just to give you an update <laughs> as well, games, uh, the games, the average goals per game, we're currently sitting at 2.6. Aye, oh. We need to up that. The last Because like, we were flying above it until, until the last like three games. So we need a 6-0 one. Exactly. I'm the only right. Um, Jarvie and myself and Simon, we all bought, uh, sold the Walker goal. So if Walker scores, Paddy will be the only winner for that one. The rest of them, we bought it all. So (laughs) 
I really hope we win. I know um, we've we we have not learned our lesson. We that, have been so shite, and as soon as Bayersell comes up, we're all absolutely yep six 0 probably. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you a run in totals because it is actually getting very teaked. Paddy, you're on 19, still bringing up the rear, son, but getting there. Cameron is uh, next bottom on 22. And then there's a little bit of a gap between um, the next two. So joint second is Simon and myself on 26 points, but still out in the lead by one point on 27 is Jarvie. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> No, 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 no. So, uh, aye. So, I guess uh, well, we've all got the same this week. So, I don't think it's going to change much. Well, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll sell the possession one to make it interesting. All right. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Interesting. Interesting. But when it comes in that we've got over sixty-three point five, I'll definitely be telling you all that I've definitely <laughs> bought that. <laughs> Excellent. Good job, Pammy. Thank you. Um, this has turned into one bumper show, boys. I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes long. Oh, well, good luck, Padman. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like we've been spraff and shite. I feel like it's been justified. There was some serious stuff to talk about. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, so I think it's a good time to say that that's all we have time for today. Uh, many thanks to Simon, Pammy and Paddy. Congratulations once more to Jolly and good luck to Cameron down at the English FA. Um, special thanks to Padman Productions for his copious amounts of editing time as ever. Uh, if you aren't following us on social media already, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast. And you can email us at heartspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Even leave a nice bit of view on Apple and spread the good word around Gorgie from a social distance. So... Until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts. We'll see you again soon. Hearts.